All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We continue on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. How are you? Welcome back. Of course, also those big hello watching live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. You want to check it out? We'll be giving away some tickets there. Tomorrow, you can always get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Stop in right now for a... Penzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Oil Change, and you will receive a $20 digital gift card to one of over 30 local merchants. You get to pick which one you want. Book your appointment today. Support local at jiffylubeservice.ca. Of course, training camp again today. The uh, The story today, I guess, would be uh, Ryan McLeod wasn't on the ice. Got a little bit of a soft tissue uh, issue. Doesn't sound like it's overly serious, but uh, like Ekholm, uh, they're being very cautious with it, so uh, don't expect him uh, on the ice this weekend. No timetable yet. Might be a week uh, for McLeod and Ekholm. Uh, we will see, but uh, I'm not expecting uh, them to be playing Sunday and Monday in the first two preseason games for the Edmonton Oilers. I'll be curious to see if if McDavid plays on uh, so Last year, I think he played a total of three preseason games, so uh, we'll see when they get in. The uh, captain and uh, dry settle, uh, they're probably limited. If it's the NFL, you don't play at all, which might be a, a good or bad idea. It depends who you're talking to. Uh, let's get to the uh, our uh, fantasy NFL report uh, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated and proud to support numerous youth sports teams. It's nextgentransportation.com. And uh, tonight, Thursday nighter, where uh, well, I'm kind of curious 
to see uh, what's at stake here because, hey, the one team everybody thought was going to be good, uh, so far they've been pretty good. They being the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, we are joined by uh, Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, where I'm guessing 49er fans like, don't plan the parade yet, Bonte, but they're probably pretty excited. Their team has looked very good through the first two weeks of the season. Are are you kidding me? Plan a parade? Have you seen what's happened through the last four years with the 49ers? <laughs> Nobody is going near that P word right now, the parade word, which we haven't had in ni- since 1995 here in the Bay Area. So just taking it week by week. But the ultimate goal, no doubt about it, the mindset is Super Bowl of bus. We will enjoy the journey, but we know it's going to come down to what happens in late January, early February. And that then will dictate how we feel about this football team. They come in are obviously a heavy favorite tonight against the uh, the New York Giants, and you know they made the big deal last season for for Christian McCaffrey. And man, you know what? Uh, I think it's all it's been more than worth it. Uh, you know he's been excellent. Uh, I was looking at some of the lines though; they're like yeah, seventeen carries. You know, a lot of people think they might blow him out. Uh, do they have to be a little leery of not overusing him this year? Uh, I. I guess, right? But if you play to try to prevent injuries, that's when you're going to get hurt. Yeah. The guy is a difference maker. And when he's on the football field, defenses are aware, and it opens up everything. Just look at Brendan Ayuk, who unfortunately will not play tonight. I'm sure we'll get to that. But he opens up the field for Debo, for George Kittle. Christian McCaffrey's a game changer. So a lot of people, oh, my gosh, he, you know, he can he get, get hurt in practice. Like we saw Trayvon Diggs today tear his ACL for the Dallas Cowboys with a non-contact injury. So I want to use this guy. Um, now, would I like to see Elijah Mitchell or uh, Ty Davis-Price or Jordan Mason at some point? Absolutely, especially on a short week. But so far, I've had no problem with the usage. If anything, I want him on the field. Like Brendan Ayuk last week was obviously compromised with the shoulder. But him being on the field allowed the Niners to do what they do best on offense. So you still have to pay attention to him at times, even though he's compromised. Same thing with Chris McCaffrey. I, right now is not the time to worry about his workload. He's worked out all offseason. He didn't play in the preseason. Give him some carries. Let him, let him get into a rhythm. He needs 20 to 25 touches eight games. Personally, I have no problem with the usage. I'm sure Shadahead will find ways to get other guys involved and give him a blow here and there. But the fact is, they're a Super Bowl type of team with Chris McCaffrey on the field. And we saw what they were without Chris McCaffrey last season, a 500 football team. Bonte, Brock Purdy came in. You know, I think it's safe to say maybe kind of came out of nowhere a little bit when you're considering uh, what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance and then obviously uh, got rid of him. And, you know, there was some people wondering, well, you know, and it's only two games, but man, like Brock Purdy, he just, he, he looks so much more experienced and the actual games played that he has. No, he, he does. I mean, I walked out of SoFi Stadium last week in L.A. thinking, okay, sure, he missed two deep passes to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, but you know what? You got yourself a quarterback. He makes all the right reads. He's poised. And, I, hey, look, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. I'm not comparing him to Joe Montana. I'm not going to compare him to the great quarterbacks of yesteryear. Young Tom Brady, the way he dink and dunked, made the game, made the ordinary play, the simple play, he reminds me of that type of poise. Uh, having that moxie in the pocket, moving around, improvising or whatnot, and the lights are never too bright for the young man. So, yeah, he came out of nowhere. I did not believe that he could be a factor last season. I thought I was cracking up when he came, and I go, boy, the season's over. But all he's done is help win this team football games. And when he started to finish the game, 
they have not lost yet. And the most important thing is he's got the back of his His teammates love him. I mean, he was voted a captain this season. Uh, I think a lot of people take that seriously. When you're voted a captain amongst the 53 players in that locker room, that says something about who he is as a quarterback and who he is in a locker room. So, I mean, all he's done this season is not turn the ball over. And I haven't, maybe with the exception of one play against Pittsburgh with Patrick Peterson undercutting George a pass intended for George Kittle, I, I've never said, oh, no, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh, it's a bad read. Jimmy Garoppolo, you did that three to four times a game. I haven't done that maybe one time this season. So Brock is just becoming better and better. He's one over Shanahan. But, you know, we'll see how the season plays out for him. But with all these weapons, he understands. Just get the ball to Debo Samuel. Get the ball to Christopher McCaffrey. Get the ball to Brett and now you can let them do the rest. Monte Hill joins us uh, breaking down the uh, 49ers-Giants game tonight. Now, Ayuk is out, so uh, I know for some yeah. people in fantasy, hey, you know what, uh, who, who do you see stepping up? Who's going to replace him, or is it just going to be the Debo Samuel show and uh, and George Kittle getting tons of balls? Is is there going to be another third receiving option in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, Jawan Jennings had a big day last week, the big physical third down receiver. He, he's really good in the run game. But a lot of people are looking at Ronnie Bell, the rookie from Michigan, who made a lot of plays big place from Michigan Wolverines this season going over his tenure as a Wolverine under Jim Harbaugh. It seems like he will be the next man to step up, but they haven't got George Kittle going yet. So I'm wondering if Kyle Shanahan will use George Kittle on the outside in the slot, kind of use him like Gronk was used or Travis Kelsey where he lines up in the slot or out wide and he goes one-on-one with the quarterback. So I think they're going to have to get a little creative in the pass game, but I expect the Niners to try to run the ball, shorten the game up, and get out of here healthy, especially considering it's a short week and it gets a New York football Giants team that's given up a lot of yards on the ground. Well, giving up a lot of yards, man, they were Jekyll and Hyde. They were getting absolutely pounded, and then all of a sudden they came out of nowhere in the second half, and I think they tied a franchise record for a largest comeback victory in franchise history. So, you know, you got to be a little leery of it, but I'm sorry, uh, you know, Jones doesn't scare me at all. Uh, you look at this 49ers defense. How do you expect them to attack? Is it just pressure, pressure, pressure? Or what do you think they're going to do tonight against the uh, offense of the Giants? I mean, the Giants are missing two starting line that include their left tackle, Andrew Thomas. They're missing Saquon Barkley. Um, this offensive line has been in shambles. I expect the Niners' defensive line to get out there. And I expect Nick Bosa to register his first first sack of the season. Look, in the second half against the LA Rams, this defense adjusted and they started getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. That's where you see Matthew Stafford throw an interception, start to become inaccurate, and start to feel hurried in that pocket. I expect this front seven to really get after the New York Giants. I don't think outside of Darren Waller, they really respect anybody on the outside. Uh, maybe Darius Slade, Mary Hod- Mary, uh, maybe excuse me, uh, Isaiah Hodges, but for the most part, I expect this front seven to absolutely dominate today. Matt Breida, former 49er, I don't think they fear him in a run game. Daniel Jones, if he wants to run around, well, guess what? You may run into Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, and it could be lights out for Daniel Jones. I expect this defensive line to have their best day of the young season. I, I really am intrigued on how the New York Giants will try to block this front, not to mention Javon Hargrave, who's been a force. Javon Kinlaw's probably coming off his best game in over a calendar year. And then you got Drake Jackson, who registered the three sacks in the first game against Pittsburgh. I, I'm, honestly, fellas, 
I'm trying to figure out how the Giants are going to block this front tonight. I think they could be in a world of trouble trying to block, especially with that their two starting offensive linemen on the left side of the football field. Oh, man. Like, you know, Bosa, of course, everybody knows, you know, he arrived a little bit late, and although lots of guys yeah. didn't play in preseason, but that, that probably <laughs> impacts you a bit. And uh, he doesn't right. have a sack. And, you know, I, you know, it's funny when you say, well, it's only two games into the season and he doesn't have a sack. And, of course, he only played one game. But I just, for some reason, it sounds stupid to say, but you're just like, wow, I think Bosa's really going to dominate. And then when you outline all the injuries on their own line, like, it wouldn't be crazy to sink here and say, oh, Bosa at the end of the night has three sacks. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw a player prop. And for people who gamble, the player prop for Nick Bosa tonight is over half a sack. And I'm thinking, that's a gimme. Because last week against the Rams, a lot of people say no sacks, no sacks. But he had the four hurries. He got a couple quarterback hits. And he forced a couple holding calls. I'm at the game. And 97 was getting closer and closer and closer to Matthew Stafford. So, yeah, absolutely. You could wake up. And remember a few years, uh, 2019, when Bolton was a rookie. He had his coming out party on Monday Night Football against Cleveland Browns when he planted the flag against Baker Mayfield. He had three sacks in that game. He loves primetime football. He was bored for primetime football games. And Bosa's heard all the chatter. And he said it earlier this week. It sounds like a good week to get some sacks. Against this front, against a guy who likes to hold the ball like Daniel Jones, I really feel like this could be a monster Nick Bosa game. Especially, I mean, against these backup left tackles and left guards. Oh, my gosh. Good luck New York Times. I do believe Bosa will get on those on the scoreboard, especially after watching T.J. Watt on Monday night. I think he wants to fall too far behind T.J. Watt in the sack, in the sack race. He wants another DPOI. So I, this could be a monster, monster game for number 97, Nick Bosa. When you look at the 49ers, is there any area offensively or defensively that you feel is a concern? Not for tonight's uh, game, just on the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um the right side of the offensive line, obviously, has got a big spotlight on Colton McKivitz, who's replacing Mike McGlinchey, who a lot of Niner fans wasn't a big fan of anyway. He was a good run blocker, but in the past game, he was vulnerable. It's Spencer Burford, who's in his second year at right guard. That's the area of concern on offense. Can they get it done in pass protection? Can they get it done in the run game? Because so far in the season, the Niners have just ran behind Trent Williams and Aaron Banks. Now, Trent Williams is a Hall of Fame left tackle. Aaron Banks is an up-and-coming left guard who hasn't given up a pressure or a sack this season. Um, so I get why they would just run behind Trent Williams and Aaron Banks. Makes a lot of sense, right? But at some point, you got to figure that an opponent's going to make their run right. Will they be able to do that? And will they be able to pass protect? Because a lot of pressures are coming from that side of the offensive line. So on offense, it's the right side of that offensive line, specifically Spencer Burford at right guard, Colton McKivitz at right tackle. Defensively, it's all about those cornerbacks. Now, Ambry Thomas is not going to play tonight. He's out with the knee injury, so upstep. Uh, come, here, here comes Isaiah Oliver, who had a big-time second half last week. Gets the L.A. Reds with six tackles and interception, a quarterback presser, some nice tackles in the run game. But against quick-twitch quick type of wide receivers, I'm not sure about Isaiah Oliver. Tarverius Ward came up over seven catches to Puka Nakua last week, as Puka Nakua had 15 catches overall. And then Diablo Lenore, who's a third-year guy who does get picked on as well. So if they don't get pressure... Those quarterbacks of the 49ers are a big-time concern. Charbarius Ward, Avery Thomas, and, of course, Isaiah Oliver and Diamondor Lenore. Those guys are going to be tested against some big boys. When we look at Philadelphia, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Carter, can they hold up if they don't get pressure on Jalen Hurts? That's the concern for this defense, the cornerback spot. Offensively, it's right tackle, right guard, but defensively, it's those corners, man. They're going to be in the hot seat all season long. Bonte, I love the fire, man. The passion will have to get you back on. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, I'm with you. It's just a matter of uh, uh, how much of a spread would you take tonight for the uh, – 
for the 49ers because oh, I think they might blow them minus up. 10. I like laying the 10 points, even at home. I may do it anyway. My boss at 95-7 the game, Adney Hegan said it was a shoebox game. Throw everything he got in the shoebox on the 49ers. I may ride with him with that. But look, fellas, it's football season. This is what we live for. We got basketball right on the corner. We're in the Bay Area. The San Francisco Giants have faded away. We no longer have to talk about those jabronis or those whatever you want to call that baseball team. So it's time to get fired up. We got a team that is close to winning a Super Bowl that's talked about it all offseason. You got premium players at multiple positions. It's a great time to be a Niner fan. How can you not be fired up? It's our time. Prime time Thursday night football. Let's get better than this. Love it, Monte. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the game. You guys too. Thanks thanks for having me on. There you go. That's uh Monte Hill from uh, 95.7, home of the uh, 49ers. In case uh, you missed it, pretty amped up about the uh, 49ers. And yeah, this is, uh, now I, I give the Giants credit. They came back. Everybody thought they were dead in the water against Arizona and they came back, but no offense. Like Arizona and the 49ers. Yeah, this one is, um, you know, you look at uh, 10 points is a lot, but I wouldn't be shocked. I think I would take the 49ers. At uh, you know, nine and a half, I guess it would be. I think I, uh, I think I would take him cons. I think we, you know what we got to get our uh, play Alberta picks in. I uh, haven't made it yet. We got to do it before five o'clock. And you know what? I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. So when someone says shoebox game, I do like <laughs> you got to go for it. Yeah, the sh- that was a great line. It's a shoebox game. Everything got in the shoebox. Throw it on them. <laughs> so now some people's shoebox might be a quarter. It depends. A little bit older school used to have a lot of bills. Some people are like, what are you talking about? A shoebox. I don't have any bills in my house. I maybe I got a few toonies and loonies. I got no bills laying around. Right? The younger generation's like, what's what's this purple? What's this blue bill? They don't even know what it is. It's classic. I'm old school. I still like to carry cash. There's something about having cash. I know how much I have all the time. I like it. It can be quick transactions sometimes in out. But I know you can tap on everything I still. I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. Probably because I grew up with it, so that's what I'm used to. I tap a lot too, don't get me wrong, but I do like having cash. I just think it's nice to have. Uh, we're a little bit of change of directions. Doug Waite's going to join us at 440. So we will do five questions when we return. We'll just switch those uh, segments up, and uh, we will still have Doug Waite before the top of the hour. It is the Jason Greger Show live on Sports 1440. You can listen online, sports1440.ca. Download any of the apps, Stingray, iHeart, or, of course, on YouTube on the Orders Nation channel. We'll return. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, with you, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Yeah, that's right. If you got any pick tonight, please send it in, because we always do our uh, Play Alberta three picks of the day. And I uh, would like a little parlay. It's $20. Um, we do it every day, and then at the end of the month, anything that we make, we uh, donate to a charity. This month, it is for a kids' sport. And so far, hey, knock on wood, uh, we're up. So let's, uh, let's try to keep it rolling. We always like to take at least one, sometimes two, recommendations from you. So just remember, you got to be confident on why. And you always put a little explanation as to why you think that's one. Now, you can go to playalberta.ca, and you can look. Obviously, there's a few... Uh, Different lines. If you want to go with the money line, you want to go straight up. Uh, you know, we got lots of different stuff, so you can uh, check it out at PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, Doug Waite will be joining us in about fifteen minutes' time, so we'll switch up our segments. Usually, we always have five questions at four forty today, but we are switching that as we get to five questions now. Brought to you by the Brick, as their semi-annual sale is on now. Thousands of TVs in stock. 
You can save up to $1,000 off select big screens. It's free delivery on any TV uh, bigger than uh, 50 inches. So you know what? You're like, I don't have the vehicle to move it, but I got the room to where I want to put it. Well, guess what? The Brick will deliver it for free for you. Go to the Brick and thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Gregor, Connor McDavid starting camp with Connor Brown and Evander Kane on his wings. Do you like the combination, and do you expect that to be the line in game one? Well, I really think, you know, Kane with McDavid makes more sense to me than Nugent Hopkins with McDavid. I think you'll see him both at times. But I think Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl, if you look, uh, Nugent Hopkins has been more productive in games because they played kind of the same amount of time together the uh, the last few years. Uh, you know, on about, I think, 30 minutes, maybe more with uh, McDavid. But he has eight more points playing with Drysaddle. Uh Evander Kane, because of who they play against, too. McDavid obviously draws the toughest matchups. Right now, it's not like Drysaddle's getting the slugs, but McDavid gets usually the toughest ones. Evander Kane, to me, has been historically a more productive 5-on-5 player. He's bigger. He's more physical. I think that makes sense. And then it's Brown and Hyman. Um, you know, you can crunch some numbers that Hyman and Kane together don't necessarily gel and have great success. Small sample size. I think it's a total of 160 minutes, so it's not a massive sample size. So we have to take that into consideration. But so it makes sense, right? It, you know, you look at Hyman and Brown are, are similar yet a little bit different in how they play, they're both kind of dogged. So, you know, I expect it to be fine. I don't, I don't have much of an issue, but I will say, you know, like what they did in junior means absolutely <laughs> nothing. Can I just say that? That was like nine years ago. It's in junior, right? This is the NHL against the best of the best. I don't, I, I really don't think that you're going to see Connor Brown outscoring Connor McDavid, right? And having a ridiculously good season. I think he can have a good season. I think he's got a very good chance to have a career year, but. Let's, I think we kind of got to be realistic about the expectations. Yeah, you'd love to see Brown go out there five on five and have a lot of success. And with with Evander Kane, I, I really like it. We've seen what McDavid can do with Evander Kane. I mean, those odd man rushes that they're able to create uh, with Kane going to the net, McDavid's going to find you. And that's at times just happens. And Kane's shown that he can make that happen. So I do like this line to start off with a little bit of a swagger, a bit of a bully there with Evander Kane. Can't wait for week one. Good Good debate, though, and good problems to have with all the depth that the Oilers do have that can circle into that top six. Question number two for you, Gregor. Of course, the Oilers hiring Michael Parcati today, the director of data and analytics. How do you think this is going to change how the front office evaluates talent? It's a good question. It'll allow them some more information. I don't know if it changes it drastically. Like, I think it's pretty clear, you know, under Ken Holland, he wanted to get bigger bodies on the back end. Just look at guys he's drafted. Look at, you know, who they brought in. Look at the size of their team, right? So, and really, if you look at the signings of uh, of Ken Holland, okay, so Zach Casson contract, yeah, we can all agree, wasn't great. Guess what? Analytics teams have a contract that isn't great that they've signed, right? The, analytics isn't going to make you error-free. I just want to make that clear. Could it, Will it change and suddenly they're going to go for vastly different players? I don't think so. I think it'll provide them with some more information on players and the style of players they want. I do think there's a chance that, and my understanding is, Parkat, it's not just about player evaluation. There's going to be some scouting stuff in there as far as oppo- opponents and maybe what they like to do. So you, you might see some tweaks at certain times about systems. And keep in mind, it's not like you just play one system. 
Right. I know people talk, oh, the orders, because everybody showed the one goal, nurse coming up to the blue line and Fogel not reading it. Oh, my God, it's a terrible system. They would do that play only in certain situations. Right. They also played a pressure D. I actually watched them today. Look for the orders, the change in their defensive structure. It's going to be, I think, a little calmer, specifically for the centermen. I don't think the centerman's going to be moving around as much, only based on what I saw today. So I got to see it in a game, but that's what I saw today. Calmer gives the impression that, you know, they were rattled defensively last year. Keep in mind, the orders were fourth best in the NHL for expected save percentage for their goaltenders. They didn't give up a lot of high, and that's on high danger chances. They didn't give up a lot of high danger chances last year. They were quite good at it. So I don't think their defensive system was terrible, but they are going to have a few little tweaks. And based on what I saw today, that was the one first one I picked out. I was like, okay, look, at I'm, I'm watching McDavid, then I'm watching Drysaddle. I'm like, oh, they just seem to be a little less active in the defensive zone. And you heard... At home yesterday, talked about we need to be more comfortable for long periods of time in our own zone, which means, quote, stay in your lane, right? And that's what I saw today when I was watching uh, the the practice. And again, you know, it's day one of training camp, but that to me uh, looked like a little bit different. So long answer, cons. I do think it'll 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 give you some more information, but I don't suddenly think they're gonna be like, oh, well, now we want smaller, fast guys because of the data that it says. Like, I, I don't think that's gonna change. I think you're saying they'll look for a certain player they want, a type of player they want, and then they'll say, you know, instead of maybe having three options, there might be four or five that Barcaddy helps them uncover. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Just another voice in the room to provide something they might not have had. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what, what goes on with Parcati going forward. Uh, question number three for you, Gregor. It was a historic season last year for the Boston Bruins. What do you expect from them this year down a couple key players? Well, they're obviously regressing like Captain Obvious here. Ooh, way to go into <laughs> Lynn Graber. But, honestly, I could see the Bruins, like, dropping 30 points, 35 points, which is, like, going to be one of the biggest drops ever. But that still means they're a competitive team and they're a hundred point team. So uh, their goaltending's good. I think their blue line's good. Their their lack of centerman is a is a concern for me, no question. So I, I think they like they come back down to earth. I think I'll say this: I think Boston battles to be a wild card team. I don't even think they're a lock to make the playoffs. And a good good chance, but I think they'll be battling to be uh, seventh today. Yeah, obviously a big drop-off. We're not breaking uh, too much news here. I think they were the only team last year, as I go through it, to have under 200 goals against. They only gave up 177. Uh, interesting to see how they how they bounce back going down Patrice Bergeron and Krejci, defensive guys. Uh, can the goaltending be as good as it was last year? But tough division. Lightning, Maple Leafs, Panthers, Sabres on the rise, Sens on the rise. So I'm with you. I think uh, it could be a wild-card spot that they're battling for this year. Uh, certainly going to be interesting. Question number four, uh, saw today, Patrick Kane. Looks like he needs another month of rehab before he really gets going. Uh, where do you think would be the le- best landing spot for number 88? Well, I've said all along, the one team that has the most space and I think is a team on the rise is Buffalo. Like they could, if, if he wants to get a decent contract, they can do it. I think that the way they're built, it could help them. I don't think it's a decision that's going to be made for a few months. So he would be one. Uh, and that's more geographically and, and an up-and-coming team. I think come December, January, he's going to look. And if he really wants to go to a contender, 
I'm not sure if I'd say Buffalo's a contender, even if they had Patrick Kane. I think they'd be a good team. Heck, they haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years, right? So they got young goaltenders. And I don't care if they get Patrick Kane. I don't think that suddenly makes them a cup contender. I think it could make them for sure a playoff contender. So outside of Buffalo, I will go Carolina to me would be the ideal fit. They need a game breaker in Patrick Kane. If he's healthy, he's a game breaker. He's so dynamic offensively. It's amazing. There's, they got enough defense to go around. They got enough solid 200 foot players. You just want an absolute offensive star. And that's Patrick Kane's been that his entire career up until last year's playoffs when he had the hip issue. So I'm still going to go with Carolina. Yeah, I mean, a luxury for him. I'm sure he's not going to be in a rush once he gets healthy. Find a team that he finds to be a contender and go there. I like Buffalo, though. I think he'd look great in that uniform. He's from the area. Don't know if he'll how they'll be you know, looking in the standings at that point or where he'll want to go, but Buffalo, to me, would just be a great fit. See if it happens. Carolina, give them that star power up front. If he still has it, would be good as well. Uh, final question for you, Bill Murray, turning 73 years old today. He's got a lot of them, but if you had to pick one, what is your favorite movie of his? Ooh, favorite Bill Murray movie. I just want to say I think Groundhog Day is overrated. So I'm just going <laughs> just to throw that out there. Um, oh, sorry, Groundhog Day. Uh, I don't mind, but the um, the golf one with him, Caddyshack. Caddyshack that's the one yeah. that I think is uh, is overrated with Bill Murray. Um, I'm probably going to go old school. I'm going to go Stripes. Good pick. thought him and John Candy were quite funny in that movie. Um, this probably won't surprise you. Haven't seen Caddyshack. So honestly, I don't like, like maybe it's cause I just, I never loved it at the time and it hasn't aged very well at all, which is understandable, but I just, I never thought it was that funny. I know I'm sorry. I just didn't love it. It didn't resonate with me, but I think Groundhog Day was quite, I thought Groundhog Day was quite funny, but, um, yeah, that didn't surprise me. I haven't seen Caddyshack, but that's yeah. well before your time. I mean, I, I think I've seen the, is it O. Henry in the pool? I believe I've seen that scene that kind of stood out. But, yeah, I haven't seen the movie. Uh, for me, I mean, there's some where he's a short cameo, like Zombieland is great, but I'll go with Scrooged. Certainly one you have to watch the holiday season. And, Scrooged? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed right. it. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, well, Bill's been in a lot of good movies. He's been I mean, Ghostbusters. Classic. Yeah. yeah, I know. We got a lot of text flying in. How could you guys not say Ghostbusters from Billy? Fair, right? I never said I didn't like it. I just picked the one that Stripes was amazing to me, man. Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, John Candy is a classic, absolute classic film. If you haven't seen it's very old school, right? You know, but it was, I love Stripes. Absolutely loved it. I thought you might go Kingpin. Kingpin was close. <laughs> like his hair in Kingpin is amazing. So it didn't, um, I love the start of Kingpin. There was parts where the end where I was like, nah, didn't love it, but I, uh, it still, it stood up pretty well. So I think I like Ghostbusters more than Kingpin, actually. The Ghostbusters uh, was just such a classic. Yeah. Second one dropped off, though. Yeah. Did you see the new one or most recent Afterlife? No, I haven't seen that. Worth a watch. Hey, guys, what about Bob from Nash in New York? Uh, also, uh, Pooge is all over that one as well. Hey, guys, St. Vincent, it's unheralded, but it's very good. From uh, C. Patrick. Ooh. Okay, you know what? It is unheralded. I haven't seen it. So, might have to. Uh, might have to. I don't want to ask Connor because I know the answer. So, but I've learned my lesson. Yeah. 
Haven't seen that one. No. <laughs> it's a big list. Yeah, well, honestly, that's not a movie that we can mock you over not seeing. Like when you hadn't seen like Forrest Gump and some oh, other whoa, movies. Whoa. Like I've those. seen Forrest Gump. I know you have now. Braveheart, Braveheart. Braveheart. That was one I hadn't seen, yeah. Yeah, I, had you seen Gladiator? Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite movies, oh, okay. actually. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. I've seen the good ones. But I, I just go through the list of the movies we watched that you hadn't seen for a year. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember I was just like, am I an idiot? Because you'd be, I'm like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, you'd think at some point I'd figure it out. Yeah, it's not a shock. Connor hasn't seen that. But there's, um, that's not one that I can give you grief over. I just don't think not seeing Unheralded is, um, is that big of a deal. So now we're getting lots of uh, uh, jumping jack flash on there. So. Hey, guys, agree on Kingpin. I'm heading out to milk the bull as we speak from uh, Delta Valley. Jeff, be careful out there, Jeff. Be careful. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And a few more uh, votes from uh, Lance and Paul and Steve for, I might have to go see St. Vincent now. I'll have to check it out. All right. When we come back, Doug Waite, newest member in the Oilers Hall of Fame. He will be officially inducted on the 26th of of, uh, October against the New York Rangers. So that's think about that's a pretty big five day span there. You've got the Wednesday they'll have something, then on twenty sixth it's Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy night, then on the twenty ninth is the Heritage Classic, the Orders and the Flames. And when you think of Doug Waite, it's hard not to think of Doug Waite against the Calgary Flames. Um, what was it? NHL ninety nine. It was on the cover cons with that goal. It was the intro intro? We can be heroes. I think playing Ooh. the soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, well, I have to ask him. Like, what was a bigger honor? Being on the intro of NHL 99 or the uh, Orders Hall of Fame. We'll find out next on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 442 on Edmonton Sports Leader. 
Sports 1440. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. And it's time for our big guest of the day brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies that will safely take you or your group to your next destination. Book your ride today at silentrides.ca. And our next guest, he might have a boat, busload of friends and family and teammates coming into Edmonton on October 26th as he will join a very distinguished group in the Edmonton Orders Hall of Fame. Doug Waite uh, joins us, one of only uh, two players to have ever uh, led the orders in scoring seven times. Doug, congratulations. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? How's it going, man? How's everything? Hey, man, things are pretty good. You know, I'm not as good as you. I'm not I'm not going in a Hall of Fame or anything, but uh, you know what? We got a radio station back, so uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, hey, man, a Hall of Fame, a, it's a unique opportunity. I know when players play, they always play for the team and everything like that. And, you know, maybe afterwards you think about some personal accolades, but uh, it's got to be pretty cool when you got the phone call. Yeah, it was amazing to hear from, uh, from Kevin and Mr. Nicholson and... Uh... You know, very honored and excited, and uh, certainly proud to to be joining all the all the great players and with uh, you know the Oilers, such a, a amazing tradition and team uh, place to play. Uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty special. Now, Doug, uh, of course, uh, being an American, like obviously you played hockey in Canada before. I would assume before you came to Edmonton as a young player. But like when you got traded from the Rangers to the Orders, it was a unique trade because uh, you and Esatikin and literally are switching dressing rooms a few hours before the game. So that in itself has to be a very unique memory. There's not a lot of players in the history of the game that do that. And then, funny enough, uh, your original NHL team is going to be the team you're playing against, uh, or the Orders play against excuse me on the 26th when your jersey will go up there but kind of take me through the kind of those early introductions for you into the organization but then also getting to know Edmonton the city yeah I think uh it certainly was a shock at you know 22 years old and and uh you know the, the Rangers kind of was all I knew and you kind of think you'll be there forever as a as a dumb kid you <laughs> you don't you don't realize uh how much business there is in the game but uh no, it was a. It, 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 as hard as it was, it was a pretty. It was a, the acclimation was pretty easy because we had so many young players, uh, you know, Glenn and Ronnie Lowe and all these. Everybody was great to me. Uh, they gave me a lot of immediate responsibility, which was amazing to me and, and uh, something that you know people always joke when you're traded. It's great because you're you know you want it, but. Uh, you know, they let me know right away that they had a lot of confidence in me and, and uh, really wanted me to to prosper. So that uh, that was a huge step in my career. Obviously, at the beginning, I think it was important to hear that. And uh, like I said, we we grew together as a team and had a lot of young players there, a lot of great veterans, uh, you know, Kelly and Luke and Billy Ramford and list goes on of uh, guys that were accomplished that were helping us as young players in the league, but, uh, you know, I fell in love immediately with the city and the fever they had for hockey. And I did play a lot growing up in Detroit. I put a lot of Canadian hockey teams and cities, but, uh, uh, until you're in an NHL city on a regular basis, day in, day out, uh, you don't really realize how infectious it is to the, 
to the entire fan base, to the people that work for the organization, uh, people that work with you, your teammates, everybody. So great, uh, great eight and a half years of my life. Doug, one of the funny stories I had heard was, you know, when you come into the Oilers locker room, you don't really know many of the guys. And, you know, you, you looked at the sheet and it's like, oh, there's Sean Podine. And you, you thought he was European based on the spelling of his name. Now, is that actually a true story? Very true. Because Sean, Sean, believe it or not, if you know Sean, he's not very quiet. But when, during a game, he's not uh, – he was pretty young too. And I think he was probably in, in the teens as far as how many games he had played. So – he wasn't talking much, and I just remember saying S-J-A-J-O-H-N or O-H-N or whatever it was. I'm like, this guy's got to be from someplace in Sweden or something. <laughs> and uh, halfway through the game, he started talking to me, and I'm like, hey, where are you from? <laughs> so I realized he was an American kid. <laughs> but uh, it is a funny story. We ended up uh, rooming together for a couple of years and becoming friends. So uh, that that's completely accurate. <laughs> So you come into Edmonton and, you know, obviously for the first few years, those were some of the trying times for the team. But for an individual, it really allowed you to grow. You became kind of the go-to guy on the team. Everybody looked at you. There's lots of responsibility. And every hockey player wants that responsibility. And and I felt like your personality, Doug, from, from when I met you, you were a very charismatic guy. You were outgoing. It was kind of easy for you to be somebody who could be a leader because you could just naturally talk to people like, was it that easy kind of becoming a leader for you? Um, I think I think we all were because we were kind of, uh, you know, on the same playing field. A lot of guys were maybe on their second team or getting a chance at a young age. Uh, and as I said, we had uh, some really great veterans that didn't, uh, you know, of course there was a lot more going on back then than there is now as far as how the younger guys were treated. But we were really treated immediately with a lot of respect um, and help. You know, I lived with Kelly for three years, um, but uh, the older guys would always take us under their wing and, and uh, taught us good practice habits. But we're really supportive as well, so we kind of grew together. And uh, it just makes you feel more comfortable. Whether No matter what job you're doing, if you're treated well within your organization and you – enjoy the people you're working with, you're going to be better for it. And I think that was uh, a huge thing. And as far as, you know, the first two years were rough, but we kind of needed them. We went through hard times, um, went through them together. It wasn't pretty. Uh, but I think what you saw the last six years, I was there uh, as far as our core of our team and, and how Slats brought us together and, and, and the things we accomplished. We, we didn't win a Stanley Cup, but – it was a different era as far as, you know, salary caps. And um, we battled. We made the playoffs six straight years, and we upset a couple uh, great hockey teams, and we took some other teams to the brink. And, you know, we were pretty proud of that performance. And I think uh, that kind of just led me to the, you know, really I think a leadership role is, is pretty easy when you just trust everybody around you and uh, you don't feel like, you're being judged and you don't feel like you have to judge anybody else because I think everybody was, was kind of in it for the same reasons. We wanted to get better and, and make ourselves better. So it was uh, for that reason, and that reason only, it was probably pretty seamless for me. 
Doug Waite joins us, of course, uh, going to be one of the new members of the Edmonton Orders Hall of Fame. Uh, he will have that uh, honor alongside Charlie Huddy on October 26th against the New York Rangers. Doug, that's a pretty big uh, individual honor. Ranks right up there, I would think, with being in the intro of uh, NHL 99. We had a lot of younger guys uh, text in. They're like, you know, the Doug Wake goal from Calgary. They all remember it. Um, uh, what, what did you think of that back then when you, when you see yourself on the intro? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was uh, it was just starting off, and uh, it was becoming kind of a bit of a craze for not just uh, people around, but the guys in the league and, and a lot of younger players. So I have a lot of people that bring that up to me. I never was a big gamer, but uh, I certainly uh, bought that thing, and I had I had played it a few times. So that was uh, that was awesome. It was a fun fun goal to score. I don't really know what happened. Is uh, what I don't know what movie it is where I just I think I blacked out and. Things went well, but uh, to beat Calgary and to, to score that goal, that was pretty fun. You're like Will Ferrell in old school, right? You just blacked out. You don't know what happened. So it's, it's, blacked out. It's, it it's very good. Now, Doug, <laughs> one of the great things when when you get uh, honored at, up to a, to a Hall of Fame, uh, you know, you want to have people who are along for the ride at different times. And, you know, you had a lot of great teammates uh, in Edmonton over the years. And I know one guy uh, really close uh, on the ice, but uh, also off the ice, uh, you guys had a lot of fun. We have uh, one of your good friends uh, joining us on the line now. He is, of course, the uh, GM of the Minnesota Wild, Bill Guerin. Bill, welcome to the show. How you doing? When you say that Doug Waite was like Frank the Tank, Will Ferrell in old school, I mean, it couldn't be more accurate. <laughs> like, Doug, he definitely, definitely blacked out in that goal. <laughs> And I, this, I can't believe I'm this. I'm so happy that this William's joining us. You don't understand, Dick. No, We're going to get a lot of truth out of this crazy. interview, I have a feeling. How many times did I have to set you up for this to happen? <laughs> Too many, Bill. You know what? You were the guy that came to me, and if I had four assists and he'd have one goal, he'd come over to me on the bus and go, are you okay? And I'd be like, what do you mean? We just won. I got four helpers. He goes, no, you got shut out today, bud. Because goals were more important to win. <laughs> you were a goal scorer. Now, uh, the only thing I would set up for Doug is beers on the bar. That's about it. <laughs> I tell but, you. Doug, hey, Doug, like Doug, Doug, congratulations, man. This is unbelievable. It's, I mean, totally well-deserved. And, oh, my God. It was just great well, being in a with you, buddy. buddy. And you're the best. You guys yeah, built. Yeah, Sorry, I just want to say, like, you guys obviously were teammates in Edmonton, but you played for for Team USA together as well. Can you talk, uh, Bill, I'll let you answer first and then Doug, just kind of, you know, it seemed like a natural fit. You got a shooter and a playmaker, but that doesn't always naturally mean you guys are going to work together. Why did it work so well, Bill? Well, I I think just that. I mean, I I think the the type of game that Dougie played, the type of game that I played fits. Um, but I, I think the most important thing was is was our our friendship and our camaraderie and our uh, just just we loved we just loved to play together and I, I I always tell the stories about Dougie and Dougie always talks with his hands and you know we'd get back to the bench and he'd be like Billy I'm gonna do this and he'd just start moving his hands around if you could do that and pop over here I'm gonna hit you there. And we do it, and we work at it. And I just thought the the friendship and the camaraderie had just as much to do with with our our success as line mates as anything else. Well, I'm going to add one thing, too, and I think Billy exemplifies this as not only a player but uh, a general manager 
and everything he's done and a father and a husband. Like, he, he wants to be great. And I think I wanted that too. And I think we felt like we didn't want to have a bad game because we didn't want anybody splitting us up. And uh, we enjoyed playing together and we did compliment each other. But I think we both wanted to win and we both wanted to get better. And, and uh, you know, I know that Billy has stories when he went on to Pittsburgh with Sydney and, you know, it's fun to be, well, I'm not putting myself in the conversation of that, but it's fun to be considered somebody that wants to make yourself better. And Billy brought me a lot of that. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but uh, we got to practice. We worked and we always wanted to score and we always wanted to win. So that's, I think he just made me better. We, I was able to play with him on a lot of teams. So it was great. Now, both of you guys, uh, Doug Waite and Bill Guerin, joined us as uh, we uh, announced that Doug Waite's going into the Oilers Hall of Fame. Uh, both of you, of course, uh, Bill's GM in uh, in uh, Minnesota. Doug, you were in management in, in San Jose. Would both of you guys encourage your teammate or your your players now to have as much fun as Doug Waite and Bill Guerin did off the ice? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, it's it's part of being a professional athlete, enjoying your life, and just don't, don't miss things. I mean, you, honestly, there's there's different ways to have fun too. Just you have to enjoy your career, enjoy playing the game, and being honestly being an NHL player. Uh, the thing I, I people ask me if I miss playing, I say I miss it every day. I don't miss all the workouts in the summer and stuff like that, but I miss being an NHL player in game day and have fun playing the game. Like practice. We always laughed at practice. We always had laughs on the bus on the plane, hotels and, you know, restaurants, whatever during the games. It was just great. Enjoy being an NHL player because before you know it, it's gone. And I don't think, you know, how. I mean, it's not always, it's not about going out and having beers. I mean, having fun is getting to the rink at 3.30 before the game and uh, talking to the trainers and kind of poking and prodding guys, making sure everyone's comfortable, whether it's a young guy or older guy, like uh, making it like a family. I mean, I think uh, that's one thing that we definitely did in, in, in Edmonton as we grew up together, kind of. And Billy got there a little later, but he fit right in because he was in the same type of situation in New Jersey where – Everyone was relied on, and everyone knew that they're going to have fun, but they knew one thing, that when the game came and the practice came, they're going to be there to work, and, you know, that's part of it. Bill, when you when you came into Edmonton, uh, I think it was 97, 98, and, you know, jumped right in, and you got traded for Jace Narn, and then you guys had, uh, you know, four really good years in Edmonton uh, together. And I heard you guys like to play pranks. Now, do you, have, do you guys play pranks on each other, or are you guys more teammates in pranking other guys? No, Doug, Dougie and I were always together on everything. You, it was kind of like you know, we we could we could, yeah, we we would never we would never really. It was tough to do a prank on Dougie because we were always together. Okay, you know, and and we would always team up, and it was kind of like uh, you know a, a brother type thing. And you know, I I could pick on Dougie or Dougie could pick on me, but. You, you can't pick on them. So we would always, if something <laughs> happened, we would always team up on somebody and make them pay double. Do, do you guys have plenty of, plenty of occasions where Billy would, you know, deny having anything to do with it. <laughs> I would go down with it. But that's a different, <laughs> I was hoping, show. I was hoping you bought that. I was hoping you bought that. Sorry. 
Now, Doug, Bill was very aggressive player, right? Like he was a unique guy, you know, could score 35 goals, you know, fight guys, no problem. You're pretty competitive yourself. But when you play with a guy like that, like, did he bring a, a new level of competitiveness out of you? Oh, God, 100%. 100%. And I think uh, it happened the first year. I was never, you know, I would fight once a year and I'd get mad or I'd do something. And But the first time I got hit hard, I look up and by the time I got up, he was already waxing the floor with a guy. And I think it just, it brought just a new, I don't want to say bravery, but a new section of, of the game where it's like, those are important things. I mean, the game has changed and it's evolved a bit, but those were huge for a for a team like ours and i think uh those are huge in in leadership and a lot of people don't want to admit it but it was a big part of our game the honesty and the the sticking up for brethren i don't think it has to happen after every big hit but it was more so then and i certainly learned from that and uh and he used to beat me up pretty good too so he he toughened me up a little bit too so that helped (laughs) No, I, hey, listen, I always knew to like Dougie's Dougie's a tough guy. Like I think uh, at one point in time before Dougie got to the Oilers, he was with the Rangers and had two broken hands because he could throw both ways and, and, and beat somebody up. But you know what, for even for, for me going into, you know, games that were going to be tougher in Calgary or Colorado or wherever we were going, Vancouver, I, I knew it's, Hey, if I got in a jam, I knew Dougie was coming over the top rope and, and going to help me out. So it does. It gives you that confidence uh, to go out there and, and, and do what you have to do to and know that your your, your buddy's going to be right behind you. Bill Guerin, Doug Wade, Jones. Well, uh, go you ahead, know Doug. that I uh, broke my hands because I used to tuck my thumbs in. I didn't know how to throw a punch. <laughs> 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 well, we fixed that, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Bill, you've been around the league for a long, long time. Can, can you kind of put it what, what it means for, for you to see one of your, your close friends and, and a good teammate get one of the ultimate individual honors uh, to go into a team's Hall of Fame? You know what? It, it just honestly it. it it makes me so happy. It makes me just honestly warms my heart because I know what Doug Waite put into uh, his his game, um, his career, and what he gave to the Edmonton Oilers and what the Edmonton Oilers mean to him. And I just I couldn't. I mean, hey, look, the, the number of great players that have gone through Edmonton is incredible. And Dougie Waite belongs there, right, right there with him. And and I, I couldn't be more happy, more proud. I am just, I'm thrilled for him. Well, uh, we wanted you to be part of it to surprise Doug a little bit, Bill. Thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy day. Uh, you, know, you had three skates today with the Wild. Uh, great luck uh, there. You guys send me my check. Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll send you your check. Uh, <laughs> oh. and, and, and well, hopefully, uh, you and some of your teammates are going to be able. I know you're super busy. Obviously, you got a pretty important job as the GM of the Wild. That uh, I don't know if you'll be able to make it into Edmonton or not that night, but uh, I'm sure there'll be quite a few of Doug's teammates there. I'll, I'll make it. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Doug, thanks so much, Bill, for joining us. Uh, Doug, uh, congratulations. We've got so many texts coming in from fans. Uh, I just don't want to mention one last thing, because obviously the, the Hall of Fame is about being an order on the ice, but I also think a lot of it, as somebody who's on the voting uh, board, that you know, making an impact in the community, and then you and your wife, Allison, you guys, you didn't just play here in Edmonton. Uh, you, you lived here, and, and you got behind a lot of different initiatives. Can, can you maybe just talk about why that was important to you? Yeah, I think, well, uh, as a, a first-year player in New York, I, 
I think it was kind of a it was a it was a whirlwind for me. And I think when I got to Edmonton, I, I just saw how many things that we were a part of in the community, what it meant for the the children of the community, but the people of the community. And I think it just uh, was a perfect stage. And the organization, you know, led us all, all us young players in the right direction as far as talking about how, how important it is uh, to become a, a piece of that community. So that was fun for me, having Allison join me in, in Edmonton a year or two down the road. Uh, it was great. We got to do a lot of work with some different organizations, the Cancer Society. We bought a box and we were able to, I mean, I still have those letters that uh, people will write, and um, and it means a lot. So uh, I think it's it's a great community, great people out there, and uh, I'm lucky to have had Canada a part of my life for so long. It's been it, it was just a, a great experience. Well, Doug, uh, well deserved. Congratulations! Uh, Going to be a huge honor, and you go in with uh, Charlie Huddy. Uh, it's a pretty good class, Doug Waite and uh, Charlie Huddy together, October twenty sixth. The orders will take on the Rangers, and they'll have the big ceremony beforehand. Uh, we look forward to seeing you then, and uh, best of luck with the San Jose Sharks this season. Two things: I'm so excited to be going in with with Mr. Huddy. Charlie is the best. He's a great man, obviously a great player, but uh, I got to know him quite well. So uh, that'll be a another big piece of the honor. And, and uh, secondly, Billy's not joking. Like he really is going to be calling and asking for that tote bag. You're going to promise him. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. get it out to him. I, I will make sure. I, you know what? I'll get one. I'll get it signed too. Yeah, we'll get it signed for him. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. I can't wait to see you guys. You betcha, Doug. Good talking to you again. All right, man. We'll see, we'll see you soon. Talk you betcha. Week. There's uh, Doug Wait uh, alongside uh, Bill Guerin. So uh, shout out Brad Slater, killing it as our executive producer alongside uh, Connor Halley, getting those guests on the show today. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back up. Uh, Mark Spector will join us, talk a lot about uh, day one of training camp. Uh, no Ryan McLeod, no Matthias Ekholm. Doesn't sound that serious. So, uh, but we'll see how that goes. First, the sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Super pumped to have Sports Talk Radio back in town. So excited that right now they got a great deal. 0% financing for 84 months on all compact BX tractors. Shop online at edmontonkubota.com or go see them in store on 156th Street. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.